I, was, I had, I, I know I wrote it down and I know we said it before and then I couldn't remember. And I'm like, I have it one way and it's the wrong way. All right. All right. Yanov. Why Yanov? Vaughn. Vaughn Yanov. <laughs> Vaughn Yanov. For you. Yeah. Baron. Baron Vaughn. Lord Yanov. actually is fine. Lord. Lord Yanov. Okay. <laughs> this is definitely going to make it into the, into the short. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Part of the cold open. No doubt about it. He's a, he's a, he's a first knight of Sealand now. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Consultants Saying Things. I am Chris Lockhart. Um, I am joined by Phil Yanoff, Wendy Keene, and Oliver Cronk. And, um, you know, I think this is an interesting topic because uh, we're right at the time, at least in the United States, where, you know, a lot of the vaccinations are rolling out around COVID and folks are looking at, you know, what does a return to work type model look like? Businesses are wondering uh, what makes sense, when does it make sense? Um, people uh, that hire consultants and consultants themselves are wondering, when am I going to have to go back to Paducah in the middle of nowhere, right, on a Monday morning on the 4 a.m. flight? We're all wondering these things. And so I think, you know, it's a, a perfect opportunity to have a discussion about, you know, are there new opportunities um, around this return to work uh, type scenario? Are there new uh, models for maybe how, how consulting engagement should operate or how business should operate? Um, so I, I kind of wanted to touch on that. So. Bill, first of all, good to see you. You look great. I love the glasses. It's a blue kind of day, I see. I wanted to be blue all the way through. So just, yeah, you know, someone said, hey, it matches. So I'm in. Yeah, I think it's this camera that makes it all, all that way. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, this, uh, well, we're at that spot, right? I mean, you know, remember how we, <laughs> we felt like we were normal and then we were like, there was this weird thing coming on and then we would like adjust. And now we're, it feels like we're about to transition again, right? So if you've been through or been around people who've been vaccinated, et cetera, you can see behaviors changing and you can see, oh, wait a second, I think this isn't going to be forever. And I can maybe see this changing, right? So what's that going to be? So you're seeing behaviors change, but, you know, companies learned a lot of things. Uh, sorry, you lost. Yeah, I lost your video. Was that the cough button that killed the video also? <laughs> well, we're off to a good start. <laughs> you know, do you know what? Maybe this whole working remotely over the internet video doesn't work. It was a fad. <laughs> Unfortunately, do you know what the straw was that broke the camel's back? It was this consultant saying things episode where right. Phil tried to explain how, you know, we were adjusting and it was all fine. Right. And then all of a sudden his internet broke and everyone was like, right, that's it. No yeah, more. That's we, right. It's just all gonna 
be like sheep. We've all got to follow each other back into the office, back to, yeah. back to what it is, you know? And I'm pretty sure it's this podcast that took down the internet backbone along the East Coast of the United States um, last fall. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> not sure if we have that. Well, that was good. It was going good in the right direction, Phil. Phil's turned the lights off now, it looks like. I know, you dark. <laughs> It's 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 like Norway in December. It's, it uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> at uh, four p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was a really I'm good point person. you were making. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> the thing that we're seeing right is that companies learn something new in this moment, right? So, and we have to figure out what that's going to be, and they got to figure out what those changing me. So, for example, I mean, some of the big stuff, some of the macro stuff, right? Do I really need to pay all of this rent? I mean, I have all these people, and it turns out they could be working from home. Now, this is this can be a consultant's dream or nightmare, right? I mean, if you're the kind of person, you know, I've got a niece who is doing consulting work, and it's awesome. She bought herself a sprinter van. She goes around and sees her friends, and she just works mobily, right? So she's just going around from place to place because she can't, and they don't want to see her in the office. So she can go do what she wants to do, right? Um, but there are other people, and I don't want to name names, Phil Yanov, who would like to get the heck out of the house, right? I mean, uh, what exact? I mean, there are animals here. There are animals in my office. How did that happen? <laughs> chewing for your internet. Yeah. Yeah, chewing to my internet and my cables. I mean, I got cameras and lights and all of this stuff, and the dog doesn't seem to care about that one whit. <laughs> you know, there's an active conversation, right, um, in the United States. Um, I think just given the, the rate of the vaccine rollout, you know, we're talking in some cases, some clients are talking weeks before their offices open back up. I wonder what I know. I know that different parts of the world have different um, sort of rates and whatnot. So, you know, I want to get I want to get the other side of the pond's perspective. Right. And then the really far other side of the pond across another pond. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, with Wendy's view. But Oliver, like, what, what's what are you seeing where you're at? Right yeah. Now? Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll cross the Atlantic first, and then we'll yeah, go over the yeah. North Sea in a, yeah. in, in a bit. Yeah, so I mean, look, it's it's clearly a, a, a difficult time, and, I, and I'm also very reluctant to sort of go, yeah, you know, it's all it's all it's all going well. I mean, clearly, our vaccination program, Touchwood, at the moment is is doing pretty well. Um, you know, I I turn forty uh, in a couple of months, and the next group of people to be vaccinated is the forty to sort of forty four. So at the moment, they're on the sort of mid forties kind of bracket at the moment. Which is not a bad place to be. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and yeah, there is talk of things reopening. And, you know, we had some measures relaxed recently. So it was nice for to go into shops and things again. And, and pubs have opened, like the pub gardens have opened and things like that. So there's some degree of normality. And I think people have appreciated that. But what I haven't heard people sort of talking about is, oh, I'm really, I really want to go back to my kind of commute. I mean, what I have, what has, what is happening here is property outside of London, like, but still commutable to London. It, it was always in demand. Now it is crazy. So if you if you try and look for a property, just to kind of give you an idea of what it's like, basically people are bidding blind on stuff. So as soon as something comes on the market, they just they just take it off the market straight away before they've even gone and viewed it, which you know is unheard of because these are significant purchases, right? They are you know they're four four or five bedroom houses, three four or five bedroom houses in commute about. You know you're you're talking serious money, but people are just sort of buying them or, 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 you know without seeing them. So it kind of gives you an idea of where people's sort of heads are is. They, they think that we're going to be able to kind of work in this more remote sort of first style. Uh, and clearly, this very much depends on the sector, as, as Chris, you know, you and I have talked, talked about on previous episodes. 
if you're in a knowledge worker kind of role now, the expectation is that you're going to be expected to be flexible. The office isn't going to be the usual place it was before where you had an allocated desk, you could rock up and you could find somewhere to, 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 to work. The, the, the um, trend and the, the mood music is basically the office will be the collaboration space. And this sort of concept of, you know, um, workplace versus work shopping environment is a really interesting one. Like, so the workplace is moving to like more of a workshop and a connection sort of space, a collaboration space than that, than a normal sort of office. So, so for us, our offices, you know, Tanium, our offices still are open. Um, you know, they, they, we don't have immediate plans to open them. I think August, maybe we might reopen. I have heard, however, Google in, in London has, one of, one of my friends who lives down around the corner has gone to Google a couple of times now in London. So things are starting to reopen from an office perspective. But I think, you know, for me, I, I was asked sort of a similar question recently and I said, what will move me will be customer demand, right? So when I go and advise customers uh, and, you know, and, and help with, with technology and security uh, sort of engagements, uh, I will go if they want me to, right? If, if that is the required, you know, format of the, of the engagement is to, to be in person, then sure, we'll be in person. But I suspect it will be, you know, perhaps a kickoff meeting in person, perhaps a requirements workshop, perhaps a show and tell or something. It won't be the usual, let's go and just sit by each other, even though we perhaps don't need to be sat by each other. It will be more purposeful sort of, you know, thoughts about where, where we're working. So, yeah, still early days promising signs but i think you know we're not we're not out of the woods yet and right. i hope people don't sort of go too mad too soon because i think that could require us to go back into draconian sort of measures um well oliver i, I echo all of your sentiments too and, and we're not out of the woods yet for sure um i definitely don't have the same optimism as when i talk to colleagues from the states um we are at this point you know uh Air travel is only essential business travel. Um, no, no alcohol served. Right? There's a. Pl I mean, there's immunization. There's plan to open up the the country in in different phases, but we're we're just not there yet. Um, and yeah, it's 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 interesting though. When I talk to colleagues here, it's more of a little bit back to business as usual, right? Back to office as usual. Now, Oliver, what you said, sort of the, the workspace versus the, the workshop, I think is, I'm hearing in a lot of places, including the US very much, but here it seems like a lot of jobs are kind of back to normal um, or will be, right? Now, someone like me though, uh, which is a, a bit unique here and someone who used to regularly be on four different continents, I personally, right, have a, a lot of reevaluating to do in this in this new model. And, you know, just thinking about crossing all those borders right now, um, you know, coupled with the fact that I can serve a lot more people from one place than waking up and taking phone calls before I go to the client and, you know, into the evening. So yeah, it's for me personally, it's, it's a right. different story. Or, or spending five hours on a plane, right. So, or, or some, or two hours on a train or whatever it may be. Right. Exactly. I mean, Yes, there's this. Yeah, okay. Planes have Wi-Fi. Yeah, great, wonderful. But the reality is, is you know, you're in the middle seat with your laptop. Like, there's no <laughs> practical way to to really do good work on a flight. So it's like a it's like a, a time suck. It's a void, right? Without that, you know. Um, and, and by the way, we see that in you know sort of a micro way too, right? Which is it used to be. You know, you leave the meeting 15 minutes before the end of the meeting because you got to go from conference room 1A yeah. to conference room 32C, you know, that's 
500 yards away and you got to stop and get a, a coffee and you got now I'm, I'm noticing meetings go right to the top of the hour and the next one starts immediately at the top. Yeah, this expectation you can instantly switch with no cost. Yeah, switch from one yeah. Yeah. I think, Chris, some of the things I, I, on my mind here are there's a bit of a tension, isn't there, between not wanting to kind of do unnecessary travel, not wanting to kind of expose yourself to risk. But I think balanced against the fact that networking and sort of serendipitous moments have clearly almost disappeared or become a lot harder, right? So if you're in sales, you, you, know, you miss the fact that conferences aren't aren't back you know you miss the sort of opportunities to kind of network and, and, and grow and so I don't know how, how how you found this but certainly I think a lot of people have been operating off their existing network now I suppose an exception to that might be you and I Chris actually we we've kind of got to know each other during the pandemic and actually maybe the geography has kind of gone away right because you're in the US I'm in the UK but it doesn't really matter because we just we just talk over this but um I, I still think there's a bit of presenteeism that will pull people back like as soon as they as soon as there's like a tipping point, perhaps of people going back, maybe there might be, oh, I should go back too, because maybe I won't get the promotion if, if I'm not in the office. So it will be interesting to see how this stabilizes, how much when people can go back, they will versus won't because they don't want to kind of go back to that old commute. So on that thread, though, because, you know, Phil, I'm, I am hearing from a number of clients, right? And maybe it's maybe they're more conservative industries where it's like, no, 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 I need to see your face, right? To make sure I know that you're working properly and doing the right. things that still exist. Well, well, I mean, and I think that's just you know kind of what Oliver was actually talking about, right? I got to be present. Must be present to win, right? If it's a promo, whatever, a promotion, something like that. So you must be present to win. So I think that's a real thing. I mean, there's the fear of missing out, and I think that's going to happen when we see gatherings. And we are inherently social animals, and people are going to want to go do that. But I think it might end up being easier to say hey, I need to work from home today. And someone going, you know, I can give you a pass on that because I know it can work if I would do. I think that there might be some options for some people to be able to pull that off more often than they could in the past. I know, you know, my wife, for example, works for a company that wants to see her face at her desk, even though no one's there. Um, but, you know, they want to see her face at her desk. But now when she needs to, she can say, you know, something's come up. I got to be able to work from home. And they, and you know, now she takes over the kitchen table with three monitors and all this stuff, but, you know, but she's able to do her thing uh, remotely. So I think it is going to give us some bits of flexibility, but, you know, I, I asked this question this morning on the call that I was on earlier, you know, what do we see? How do we think things are going to roll back? And I think, you know, we're inherently social animals. So all of those things that we did that brought people together, we're going to do those again. Now, the question is, how long does it take us to get back to those behaviors? We're all going to be moving at a different pace. I, I'm going to give you just like this one weird little side story that for me, right? And, you know, Chris, you know, what kind of cat I am. But it's like I ended up being able to have lunch with a couple of vaccinated friends. And uh, I was like, I don't even I don't want to shake their hands, but I would hug them. What is wrong with me? I don't even understand this. I mean, I am a bundle of various neuroses, and I understand that bit. I just can't quite figure out what's happening here. But, uh, you know, this whole thing, it makes me both excited and nervous. And I got to believe I'm not the only person that feels that way. I might be the only one to give it this voice this way, but I can't be the only person that feels this so way. So along that line, though, right? So when you talked about, you know, Maybe now, right, the boss might be more willing to say, hey, you can work remotely on Thursday or whatever it may be. Right. Um, is, do any of us think that's going to like fundamentally alter 
the way work is done, the business model around work? No, is what it sounds like. <laughs> I was I was letting Wendy kind of have an opportunity to chime ch- in. Well, you you mean that's the sort of the trust thing? You mean maybe right? Like you know, well, because because well, that begs the question: Was it just a trust thing previously? Right? Like you can't work from home because I don't trust you, or was it? Was there an efficiency thing? Was there a something else right at, at play that maybe now we've learned to live without, and we don't need to do that anymore? Yeah. And and I think actually, let me give you just something I read this morning from, from CEO Daily from Fortune it was an interview with 30 CEOs, I think. And they have different sentiments on this. Um, of course, none were saying, you know, we want to see people working. Some were saying we need to get back on the like streets and we need to start making stuff happen. Right. We need more results. Um, we're seeing them wane. But an overwhelming number of them were saying this is the biggest war on talent. Like we have got to put the employee first. So thinking about business model too, and, and orienting around that sort of, uh, you know, flexibility to work. Um, if they're thinking about it that way, I mean, that's, I think the right lens to be looking about it. I mean, the talent pool just got bigger because you can hire people from different places and you can offer people right flexible arrangements that they're going to be happy to go to if they can't currently have so that's a I new perk it. it's a new perk zoom work available kind of thing <laughs> but it is you know i, I tell you even you know because I, I talk to a lot of folks in my field just who's recruiting and what are they looking for prior to pandemic hey would you consider somebody that would work remotely absolutely not today a surprisingly number of them are like, yep, we'll take remote workers or we'll take the, the right people, we'll consider remote or, you know, we're going to give a really cushy period of, you know, before we require relocation. Yeah. I, you know, and I wonder like, does, and Oliver, maybe you have a, a thought on this because I think we've chatted a bit about this in the past. Does it depend on the type of work, right? If I'm writing code, we've already yeah. demonstrated, right? You can have a building full of people in India writing code and they don't have to physically be onshore, right? Um, yep. You know, if you are trying to convey an idea around a digital strategy, maybe you want that face-to-face, in-person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and maybe consultants kind of always knew this, and maybe a lot of clients didn't really know it. But now the cat's out of the bag, right? Everyone knows that. You know, depending on what it is that you're doing, maybe you don't need to be there five days a week or four days a week. Do, do, do you know what I think? A lot of this harps back to is the fact that we were working in offices like there were factories. Mm-hmm. Right. And we were clocking in and clocking out like, you know, nine to five or eight to six or whatever, whatever everyone's work patterns w- would have been. And a lot of that harps back to the industrial era of, of it was, you know, we needed all the workers to come to where the machines were. They were producing, you know, factory line, producing things. And, you know, when offices came along, of course, we had paper files. We needed to be in the office for the paper files. Then we had mainframes or, you know, big, sophisticated kind of bits of, of, of well, primitive bits of kit, sorry, that we went to the office for. Right? And then over time, that need to be in the office. Technology has removed that. But our ability to kind of comprehend and adapt our work style and our processes and other things to that has been slow to kind of sink in, particularly the generations of workers that perhaps have just been used to working in the office. And that's just sort of just been the way it's always been. And it's taken the pandemic for people to go, do you know what? Actually, some of this technology works, doesn't it? Um, and we can do some things differently. And, and I think you're right. It does depend on the role. It does depend on... Do you need to build a relationship with someone? You know, I really feel at the moment for people that are new starters in companies. I mean, it's great to see people moving around during the pandemic. It's been quite reassuring that people can make a switch. But clearly, 
you know, having those kind of, so how is it really here? You know, that kind of conversation must be so hard now, right? You've, you've got to really trust someone over Zoom to go, do you know what? Can you just sort of, you know, give me a bit of advice on how this really works? That's easy to do over a beer or over a coffee or something in person. It's really, really difficult to do right now, I'm sure. Um, it requires a lot of trust. Uh, but I think you're right. It's down to trust, isn't it? A lot of it. But um, and another thing, I guess, is the sensitivity of the information as well. I mean, um, a couple of quick examples. One, you know, the contact center workers. You know, I've worked at a number of organizations that have massive contact centers, either onshore or offshore. And there's always been nervousness about what can that employee do whilst they're accessing, you know, contact information and we'll make them lock away their mobile devices and, you know, their machine will be very locked down. How they kind of replicate that environment in a home working setting is obviously very difficult. The other example kind of related to your code one is uh, cybersecurity. So for a long time, a lot of cybersecurity firms have insisted, like, no, if you're going to manage our corporate network security, you are going to come on site. You're going to come on site to manage that firewall. Da, 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 da. And that's been sort of madness for a while, right? Because <laughs> you just require a secure connection in to, to manage the changes. And so a lot of organizations have had to go, do you know what? Those sort of silly rules we had that we didn't really need, we have now seen the light and we can see actually it kind of does work that you can do this work remotely. And clearly it's not the case for all industries. We've got physical things, physical widgets that need sort of, you know, installing or whatever it is. But I think for a lot of organizations where they were perhaps on the borderline or not quite sure whether they could use tech to do their roles, I think this has really been sort of game changing for them. And I think, um, as I think we've touched on, there's some significant cost savings, right? I mean, us not having a massive office in one of the most expensive places of the US, like in, in you know, the West Coast of the US uh, in San Francisco, us not having a massive office there, but us having still having a presence there clearly makes a significant difference to our, our office costs. Um, you know, in fact, we've moved we've, we've moved our office HQ during the pandemic to, to near Washington. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I think it, it, it's going to be interesting to how this sort of plays out. But I certainly think it's been eye opening. How does how does a, your average consultant, let's say they were, you know, they let's just pick Deloitte, right? So they joined Deloitte. Um, two years, you know, before the pandemic. So they're out of college. They're maybe in their mid, late twenties kind of thing. Um, I don't know what they'd be by that time, like an associate or something, right? Whatever, you know, one or two levels up, something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and then COVID hits, right? So now they have that change. And now, you know, things are going back to normal. Is it going back to normal for that person? Is there something that, is this an opportunity to do something different or help clients do something different? You know, it's, it, I think it all goes back to situations and, and sort of classes of work. You know, again, if you're there for the workshop or if you're there for meeting people and developing a relationship from the beginning, I think it's different. Where I think we can and really should challenge is the, you know, out on Sunday, back on Thursday, right? You're on a plane. Like, does that really need to happen every single week for that type of consultant? And so it will be interesting to see if the consulting companies, right, put policies around that as they consider not just employee, you know, life work balance, but, um, you know, environmental concerns and things like that, that we, we can be more sensitive about. Uh, there might be concerns on the client side, because if they're, they're in a situation where they're not coming into the office a lot, if the consultant's going to be there multiple days a week, now they're sort of obligating their people to be there. But what I'd really love to see is, you know, consultants and clients having conversations to sort of rewrite 
write those rules and come to agreement on when do we come in? When do we bring people in and, and how, how do we really make this work for everybody? It's interesting you pick that particular firm, Chris, because uh, I, I may or may not have worked there. Uh, <laughs> and clearly, I may or may not still be having conversations with, with people that are still there. And I think it's been... I don't know. Me? Oh, you know. <laughs> and um, so, you know, from, from my sort of semi-educated view, uh, it's been pretty difficult, I think, for some partners to sort of work this way, right? They're used to having a whole line of people waiting to get in their office and go, oh, Mr. or Mrs. Partner. Um, I've got this idea, or I've got this proposal I need you to sign off for. And, and all of a sudden that has kind of changed, right? I mean, they, they now need to sort of book into their diary and, and the whole way of managing their, their consultants has changed, their, their, you know, their, their folks has changed. And the other thing that sort of changed is like that associate level person used to be surrounded by, you know, senior managers, managers, and so on. And kind of that's sort of gone away now. Like, like how you sort of buddy up and do all that sort of stuff over Zoom is a lot harder when before, you know, you could have a, a junior consultant perhaps sitting in supervising a, a meeting. I mean, I'm sure you can probably still do that on, do on a Zoom, but it's just it's just harder. It requires a bit more forward planning. Um, well, but it, it's the same, Oliver, as it's not the same as having a Zoom happy hour, right? No, no. having a beer no. in person. It, it, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't do these sort of superficial, sort of artificial things to go, right, you will network or, or yeah. whatever. It's, it, we will now do coaching. Right? <laughs> yeah. Something. In the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Again. <laughs> to Oliver's point, right? is that some of these things are harder, but I don't think they need to be. You know, you can configure your clients, you can configure your setup and say, hey, if you need me, I'll be here. I mean, you just pop up a window and you can talk, right? So there have been people that I have got good relationships with, high trust levels, and you just press a button and they're on a video call with them, right? And pop, they're doing that thing. And, you're, and it's like, okay, much of what we had before in terms of being able to communicate is there. And it's nuts because I have, even like you might do in the real world, right? Just pop in on somebody and you think it's a 10 minute thing and it's a couple of hours worth of hashing through problems you're working on together and you just get it done. And so that's kind of great. The thing I was curious about, and I'm, of course I've not worked in that environment like Oliver was describing is, you know, if I am a senior guy and there's this line out my door of people to come talk to me, there's a class thing that's going on right there, right? And that, you know, uh, coming up and uh, bringing your uh, case to the judge or to the king or however you want this to look like, those days are gone. So the question is, how do I, uh, I don't want to say exalt myself, that's not the right word. How do I express the power and gravitas that I have personally when I'm still only a little two inch square on someone's yeah. Zoom screen. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I think the other thing it blows open is, do you still charge by the hour? Yeah, do you start to look yeah. at value-based billing and outcomes and things like that? I think, I think it, it brings all that into the equation because before you were hiring someone to be somewhere for a set period of time, if you, it surely opens up the door to more deliverable-based contracts and things like that. I don't know what you guys are on that. But on that point, right? I mean, there was something about that senior partner that showed up for that one meeting or whatever it was, and all the executives were there, and there was a presence, right? Yep. The, uh, you know, the gray eminence in the corner kind of thing, right? The, (laughs) you know, that sort of thing. And it's like, you know, um, you know, this, this idea that, you know, there was a, an, a, a, a charisma, an aura, a something like, oh, you know, senior partners saying X, Y, Z. Now, 
senior partner, if he doesn't get, if he doesn't start his speaking at just the right time in the Zoom call, you know, the, the, you know, the over chatter is, you know, you're not going to hear it. So you've lost that sort of, here's my power. I'm the senior partner. No, you have no power. You're the same box as everyone else on the screen. <laughs> it's the ultimate leveler. Yeah. I don't know if that's but, good, by though. The way, like, this, I, is I mean, a, this is the thing know. that people ask for in Zoom a lot, which is the ability to make all the other callers duck you, right? There's a, there should be a button where, you know, my, you know, I come in at 15 dB above everybody else kind of a thing. Maybe that's how they'll start charging for Zoom will be like premium is like you're louder, so much louder yeah. than everyone else. Right. Know? That that or your, your screen, your, your box just like fans. <laughs> growing exponentially, yeah. yeah. It's a spotlight fill right now, if you would. <laughs> I got something important to say. Oh, but I think there is this thing, right? Which because because it's not just about the influence that like a the senior partner would have at a client to express that gravitas, that level of experience that I've been doing this for thirty years. Here's what I think. This is why you should listen to me. This is why I'm charging you a thousand dollars an hour, right? Like that. That was part of it. It was almost in retrospect, right? Part performance, right? Well, I'm with you, but the thing is, now my twenty five hundred dollars suit doesn't have to have pants. Well, that's <laughs> I mean, that's right. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> how long? Saying. How long before you know they have jeans that are made out of like sweatpant material, right? So how Being long before there's a those. suit made out of sweatpant material? Right. Yeah, right. Um, but, but it goes the other way too, right? So now let's go back to the associate. The associate is now not interacting with senior partner at the client site, right? And all of that sort of learn by doing all of that sort of mimicry all of that you know all of modeling, that stuff behavior modeling gone right yeah behavior modeling it's it's not there or it's less effective right somehow i don't know and everyone's everyone's just face acting now right so so no one no one knows what their legs and arms should be doing so you know <laughs> sorry i'm i'm being i'm being facetious but you, you know what i mean it's it, it's i think it's quite different to behave and have decorum or whatever it needs to get a cut uh on online versus how you behave and i think this, the other thing is the small talk disappeared right there was often the small talk down the corridor and no, no that happens now right? it's like bam right that's that's okay we'll do intros if we don't know everyone otherwise we'll you know we'll, we'll, we'll perhaps have a brief chat about what's going on outside of work but we're pretty much into the agenda whereas i remember you know uh in, in my days before there was an awful lot of kind of you know the guy letting us in would sort of maybe give us a bit of a heads up on how the ceo was feeling or that sort of stuff is sort of you know evaporated, isn't it? So there are there are some sort of things that I think we're missing, um, but perhaps we'll just find new ways of of you know perhaps there'll be a new Zoom lobby or something that will allow us to do this stuff. I don't know. No, well, I think that people, no one's actually created that space for that, right? And that might have been where Wendy was headed with that is that you can create that space on a Zoom call if you want. Uh, but people haven't because it feels a little bit artificial. You know, it's kind of mm -hmm. like in the days when you uh, you may not remember, but it used to be that long distance was expensive at one time. And so you like you'd make a call like I got to get right to it. Mom, I'm still alive. Love you. And bye. <laughs> and I'm out in 60 seconds because it cost me 12 bucks to do it. Uh, I think now we still have that sense on these video calls like, oh, this is like this is big time that's important. And it's not. I was going to say in the vein of it's just different and, and just even thinking about mentoring others and, and having them watch what we're doing, they're still doing that on the calls. It's just different. And here's what I mean. If we're running a workshop, maybe it's 
using templates and it's using Miro. That's all different stuff than what we would have been doing if we were in a room and you see how I'm facilitating and working a room, but they're still learning that stuff. And so it'll just, yeah, I think it's it's just that part of the world and, and hopefully have a, a real life complement to it. I will say though, on that point, um, I'm curious if you guys feel the same. I feel like I've had to dumb things down a little bit in the online environment to, you know, it's like I can't always turn people loose on on whiteboards. So having to really step through, complete this, do that, do that. I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I think there's there's pros and cons. You know, were you doing that just for me, Wendy? Yes. <laughs> nice. Well, I have a question about that, Wendy. And you said I had to dumb things down. Did yeah. you have to dumb it down, or did you have to make it more granular? Because you you know you're basically standing closer to the subject. I'm just a, a curious about that because I, I feel like in some ways it's crystallized my thinking in a training environment. Because it used to be I might just be standing in the back of the room and I could kind of wing this thing because you know if they got off track I'd be able to fix it. Phil, I love that question. That is a brilliant question because I agree with you. It's forced. Yeah, can't just wing it or you know where you're going to take them. You literally have to be like, here are the five steps, right? It forces to crystallize a thought process. So 100% agree. I also think, though, if people are so taught into that one, two, three, four, five, that's all there is to it, it can sort of constrain the thinking uh, and, you know, being able to think more creatively about it later. But I think you're right. It's forced a sharpening of thought process. Indeed. Yep. The other thing that I adding on to that I've sort of heard and, and discussed is actually trying and experimenting has kind of gone a little bit out of the window when it comes to tech, right? Everyone has sort of settled on a few choices for video collaboration. And actually it was interesting before, perhaps people would try out, you know, um, draw.io or you know, some some new sort of tool for collaboration. It's almost like we're very risk adverse now, like, oh, we need the video thing to work. I'm gonna make my uh, workshop or whatever it is I'm doing, my meeting work in this format. I'm not going to try and step out of that because that's just you know too risky. I, I'd be interested to see where we kind of go next because I think you know early on in the pandemic we actually tried doing some some sort of collaborative mind mapping, mapping based on a in person meeting style I'd seen and it actually worked. But we it clearly require people to kind of get their heads around it a bit more. I think it'd be interesting to see where we can kind of go next with with this sort of um, collaboration virtually because I think there's there's a lot more to it. I just don't think, I think we've got a little bit stuck in these square boxes. So um, in the interest of boxing, time boxing, <laughs> um, what, what's, you know, what's a, give us your, each of you, like, what's the two minutes on like, what, what is, you know, maybe it's the associate or maybe it's the trainer or maybe it's the coach or maybe it's the partner or maybe it's the client. What, what's a takeaway as, we begin to have these conversations about offices reopening, right? Is there, is there something new that we should be learn be doing? Is there just go back to the way it was, right? Is it, you know, what, what's a takeaway? I don't, and I don't know, maybe, maybe we can give a concrete tip. I have, I don't know. I don't know. Wendy, what, what are your thoughts? Maybe a couple. I don't know how concrete, but I'll share them anyway. Um, well, first of all, I think something really valuable happened during the pandemic and it was that we all shifted really fast. Uh, 
we became more flexible, adaptable, creative. And I mean, how we, how we work, you know, the conversation today, but also business models. Like, hi, we do fine dining. Tomorrow we're selling hamburgers. Like that was really cool stuff. And I think with, I think we can keep that. And I think we should keep that spirit because I also feel like the bandage has been ripped off from this perfection, right? It's like, just take care of the customers, just make it happen. So I would say, you know, one of my takeaways is to keep embodying that spirit, um, test, test and learn, just keep trying. And the other is, you know, maybe I'll say uh, reset and respect. I think there's two sides there. Just what we've been saying in this conversation, we let's use this opportunity to reset, to not just go back to here's how we worked in an industrial world. We've got to harness this. And that's both for the companies, right? That's also for us as individuals to just take back our lives and put the boundaries, even if that means, you know, doing different things or going different places. And then on the other side, it's it's respect. So whatever my company or, or my colleagues or my employees are doing, like I just have to respect. Um, I think that that was put in front of all of us that um, you know there are different ways to go about this. So reset and respect. Yeah. So I mean, look, look, I mean, I have my sort of technology and cyber <clears throat> security sort of angle to this. So I think there are some companies I still see who still think things are going to snap back to normal, right? And everyone will be back in an office. And you can go back to managing your security and your systems and your HR policies and all those sorts of things like you were before. I think that is um, somewhat naive now. I mean, I think I think you know most organisations have seen that, that, as Wendy says, we've been very adaptable. We found new ways, and some of that will stick almost almost certainly. Therefore, there are opportunities I think to consult uh, for consulting services to customers that still haven't quite made that jump and realised that this wasn't a temporary band aid thing. It's actually a new way of operating, you know, this new abnormal, as some people call it. Um, so there are opportunities there, uh, but there are also risks that need to be managed, right? I mean, people just had to scurry, they had to scatter, they had to take their kit, they had to just do whatever, right? And that was fine. Uh, and some people have kind of gone, you know what, it's fine, we'll keep doing this for a few more months. There is going to come a point where someone needs to sit down and go, do you know what, this stuff we kind of said was stopgap that we've now sort of allowed just to become BAU, we do need to re- revisit some of the risks of that. Is there a Privacy, data loss, is there a, you know, intellectual property, you know, angle here that we need to sort of think about. Uh, And that probably requires the organization to continue to reinvent and continue to be creative and problem solve and think about how do we work dynamically, right? So it doesn't matter whether my workforce is at home, in the office, in the field, you know, with a, a customer site, let's make sure our HR systems management and security all sort of functions regardless. So I think, you know, that's, either for folks sort of thinking about how they operate with their consultants or the sorts of consulting services that, that you know, are still you know, ripe opportunities really is helping organizations continue to adapt and adjust. Because I think some people still haven't quite kind of got to grips with the fact that this is the way it's going to be, or it certainly won't be the way it was before. You know, I was thinking, we're starting there with what Wendy said, you know, the whole idea of respect. And I think a component in this is that the, um, not everybody's moving at the same speed. Not everyone's ready to make changes in the same way. And so I think we have to figure those things out and we have to create, a, you know, I really think this is the time to sit around to actively engage your workforce, make sure you're creating a bit of psychological safety and say, okay, where are you? How can I move you to what comes next in a way that makes sense? 
And, uh, you know, to Oliver's point, I think this is the one I had started with, which was, it's, uh, uh, what did we learn here? What was, you know, this situation had something to teach us and there was an opportunity to learn. Did we in fact learn it? And what to that do we get to carry forward with us? So I think there's, uh, there's you know, things are going to change again and we should expect and be ready for things to change again. But it would be a shame if we had didn't learn something here. And even that one piece, back to Wendy's point about respect, as to how can we be, even when we're disconnected, how can we be more human with each other? Going back to the Industrial Revolution bit, Oliver, that you were talking about earlier, right? It's like, you know, we had to have bodies where the machines were to turn the crank on the machine, right, to do the stuff. To thread the loom through the whatever, not yep. all through the whatever it was. Um, you Gotta know, work warp and weft into this. Yeah, yeah. Warp, warping and wefting. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so, and it took a really long time, but, you know, large parts of our economy got to a point where the machines were virtualized. We virtualized the machines. The machines aren't there anymore, they're somewhere else, right? Mm. And then I think this pandemic, and I think, you know, Look, the younger generations, the disease primarily, right, Gen, Gen Z, were basically of this feeling like, well, I should be able to work from anywhere, whenever I want, wherever I want. I'm in Tokyo today. Tomorrow I'll be here. It doesn't matter. You know, there are, there are no rules, right, whatever it is. Um, and you see that in some of the younger consultants as they come in, right? I should just be able to do whatever and be wherever and be super mobile. And so I think you know, we, were, we were going down the path, and I think the, the pandemic accelerated this idea that now we can virtualize the people as well. Virtualize the equipment. It's in the cloud. It's in the data. It was in the data center for a long time, right? It was, you were in the shop, then it yep. moved to the data center, then it like just went out somewhere. No one knew where it was. It just disappeared, right? It's like it's out there. Um, and then we've spent this, you know, the past 20 years, I think, really virtualizing the person, the experience, right? And I think everyone's like, oh, well, that's how it should be. It should never go back. It should never snap back. It should always be like this. Keep moving forward. This is directional. It's, it's you know, progress is this way. And my hesitation would be, no, I think there's place, there's room for face-to-face. There's room for, there is need for, you know, I want to be able to be in the same room with you so we can really whiteboard and play off of each other and do all of that stuff. I don't want to have the audio that, you know, that you can't, take up, you know, multiple people speaking at the same time so you can understand it. I think there's room for that in, in life and in work. And so hopefully, you know, we will continue to see this, um, even if, you know, we're back at the client for two days a week or whatever it is, um, you know, to, to do that face-to-face because I think that is important. So that's, that's, that's my lesson to all the Gen Zers. Get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> so anyway, well, thank you guys. Um, listen, I appreciate it. Uh, Wendy, Oliver, Phil, uh, I'm Chris Lockhart. Thank you all for watching and uh, go check out the YouTube page and uh, the website, consultantsayingthings.com. We'll see everyone next time. Thanks, everybody. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Click the bell. Get my new stuff. <laughs> <laughs>